This is the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Tom is a sports super agent. And Sam worked on baseball salary arbitration, is a longtime criminal lawyer and defense attorney, and is the author of Waiting for Cooperstown. And together, these brothers bring you the Rich Report here on Sports USA. Thank you for listening to The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. I am Brandon, and let's welcome Tom and Sam Rich to the show. We're going to talk about Mayweather and Pacquiao. We're going to talk about the NHL. Of course, the trade deadline is coming up in a little less than a week, and we're going to lead off the show with some Major League Baseball. A lot has happened from A-Rod showing up to uh, spring training early and Cuban players and uh, their contracts. Of course, Jay-Z now in the sports agency space, and he just seems to be dominating it all. So uh, let's lead off with that. Talk about some of these Cuban players. Uh, the Red Sox, obviously, they look like the best team in baseball, at least right now on paper. Talk a little bit about that, Tom. Well, the signing of uh, Moncada was uh, was a, a big, big piece. This is a guy that has tremendous skills. He's got tools that rank with uh, anybody or even better. Certainly, uh, he's the kind of guy that could qualify to be the top guy in the U.S. draft. He's got all the tools you would want to have. He has big speed, switch hitter, power, quick hands. He's got the whole enchilada. And I think what Boston has done now by, you know, going, you know, the extra yard to get him is they've set themselves up not only with a great young future talent, but they also have pieces now in reserve or in depth to be able to go out and get a pitcher uh, at the top of their staff to replace their great lefty that they feel like they uh, messed up on in the first place. But uh, they have fought back, and I think they're going to end up with the most dominant team in baseball You know, as things unfold. Washington certainly looks like the best team in the National League, but the Red Sox are really well positioned. This Moncada, that's quite a piece, and he has a chance to be a truly dominant player. The Cuban uh, invasion is real, and now they don't have to be snuck, you know, taken over on uh, dangerous boats as defectors and. You know, and, and the contrast is going to become a huge issue of debate and confrontation with the U.S. draft guys because they have to come in and be slotted now, and then they have to wait years to be able to get leverage to be free agents, whereas the Cubans are coming in as free agents. So we got a brouhaha coming, but these guys can play ball. That's for damn sure. How long do you think until uh, Moncada becomes a star in the uh, major leagues? Oh, I think I think uh, right away. You know, from all the all the uh, information, and there's a ton of it on him. Uh, 
and a ton of opinions, but uh, I would certainly say within a year, you know, he will be a force. He might, you know, have to be brought along to some extent, but his tools uh, would rank with any tools that are coming in the U.S. draft in recent years. Now, Sam, what do you think of the signing, and how good do the Red Sox look right now? Well, I don't agree that the Red Sox are going to be, uh, are necessarily going to be uh, the dominant team in baseball right now, uh, oh, no, or I immediately. I think uh, I agree with Tom that they are making a lot of uh, headway in terms of achieving that level uh, very quickly, but I think it'll take a year or two. One thing that is missing, and Tom, uh, Tom kind of started the discussion on this, there are teams in baseball that have stronger starting pitching uh, than the Red Sox. And, of course, if they could add Cole Hamels, uh, that gap shrinks, uh, almost, uh, shrinks immediately. But I think the fact, that, as Tom has mentioned, that they have so many uh, young pieces uh, in their system. Uh, if they choose to go the trade route uh, or the free agency route, uh, they could afford to give up uh, some draft choices or, uh, or some of those young prospects to acquire ace pitchers. But I, I don't see them being uh, necessarily the most dominant team in baseball uh, without having... Uh, more quality at the top of their rotation. And we mentioned uh, Jay-Z in the beginning of the show, and it seems like Rock Nation Sports, I mean, Jay-Z is just doing a tremendous job getting a lot of those Cuban players. I mean, he's representing them within uh, Rock Nation Sports. Let's talk about A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez. A lot of media was surrounding him. Of course, he returned a few days early to spring training with the New York Yankees, and he seemed to have a positive outlook. He wants to move forward, and he wants to earn his spot on the roster. So what do you think of uh, the whole Alex uh, Rodriguez thing, Sam? I think that nobody is going to be in a position to talk much authoritatively about Alex Rodriguez until uh, we see how the first month of the season uh, works out. Then I think we'll have a pretty good idea. But uh, I, I think uh, I think all the conversation about Rodriguez right now is just based on the desire of people to talk about drama or or possible drama. This is a 39-year-old player who who was out for a full year. He wasn't doing very well right before he uh, he had to sit out. The team doesn't love him and would be very glad to save a whole bunch of money by getting rid of him in a salary. Uh, he has a lot of a lot of mountains to climb uh, before he gets anywhere near his former status. Uh, so let me see him bat against game-ready major league pitching for about a month and ask me then, and I think I could give you a much better answer. Uh, Tom, do you think he'll be a distraction during the season? Well, he's always going to be, uh, you know, a dominant news figure, whether it was on the upside where he lived for so long 
or on the downside. So he's always going to be controversial and news and followed no matter what. But uh, the question is, you know, what kind of player is he going to be? He's obviously trying to, you know, be, uh, you know, cooperative. He's signing autographs. You know, he's doing the oppo of what he did during the confrontation, which, you know, was a whole other story the way that was handled. He's now got different uh, representation now. And he's playing the hand the way he has to. Alex is no dummy. And uh, he can be a very charming guy. And he was a very great talent. Uh, at this stage and age, the odds are against him. But with a guy like him, you cannot just simply write him off, although the odds are very, very uh, much against him. Uh, he has a uh, kind of uh, makeup that he could fool people. I'll never forget that home run he hit the center field in Fenway Park last September. That was a shocking blow, and just, you know, the whole stadium blew up. You know, and it, it, it was like it was like a bomb went off. So you can never write him off until it's time to write him off, but the odds are very, very much against him, but I do believe he will give his all to try to even up the odds, but, you know, they are what they are. And then let me add this. Uh, he is within reasonable range of two important milestones. Uh, Willie Mays uh, on the home run list, I think he needs six, maybe seven, and he's pretty seven close to 3,000 hits. And even if he doesn't come anywhere close to being a star uh, again. It would be a great uh, consolation to him. Um, he'd almost be in a position to claim victory if he gets to both of those levels during the coming season. So I, I think uh, those are two things to watch out for. Does he have enough left, uh, and he should, to hit six or seven home runs? And does he have enough left to I reached 3,000 hits. The Yankees are uh, are certainly in a situation where they have to value every winnable game as as important because in order for them to win, they need a lot of guys to make recoveries from uh, injury impeded seasons, and they are an underdog in the division. But they still are the New York Yankees, and they have some guys that could come back. And he is one of them that could. Uh, but some of them have much better odds. But the Yankees are not going to soft-pedal this if he isn't able to contribute in a meaningful way. And we should also mention the pace of play, something you will definitely see in spring training. The uh, six rules in Major League Baseball to try to speed up the game. Of course, there's the batter's box rule. No pitch intentional walks. You know, instead of actually pitching four balls, they'll just signal basically to the umpire, the manager will, for intentional walks. Uh, the 22nd rule, of course, there's the three timeout limit. Let's talk about some of these rules, Tom and do you think the game is really going to be sped up? Well, I heard uh, I was at a uh, 
uh, presentation yesterday, uh, uh, Commissioner Rob Manford came down to Pittsburgh yesterday to uh, speak to the Pirates and their uh, related parties, and he talked. He was very uh, direct, very articulate, and uh, is concerned about all of these kinds of issues. So I think that they're going to be He's a very serious guy, and, the, and baseball's taken this in a very serious way, and I do believe some of it will be successful, uh, but it's going to have to be applied because the game definitely needs to be speeded up. I mean, there's laws where people uh, will get on their uh, computers and get out of the mood, you know, by the time five or seven minutes go by, before the game starts, and there are other things that should be done about relief pitchers and such. I think this is just the beginning, but they are certainly trying, and they got their best minds that are working on this, and I think in a very cooperative way. I think they will at least have reasonable success at improving the situation this year and set the table for continued efforts in this regard. Now, I'm used to seeing the pitcher hold the ball for like 30 seconds before he releases it. Now, as soon as he gets the ball, he'll have 12 seconds with these, uh, this new rule change. Uh, what do you think of the rules, Sam, and do you think uh, the game's going to be sped up? I think what they've succeeded in doing, if these rules work out, is to eliminate some of the things that are most annoying uh, to the fans uh, in the stands because uh, the fans in the stand can't understand what is the value of a pitcher standing out there for 30 seconds and nobody on base and just holding the ball uh, and, and staring at the catcher? I don't think that the length of games will be reduced significantly. Uh, it'll be a better game because those annoying uh, delays will be eliminated or reduced. I wasn't aware of the fact that they had uh, an automatic intentional pass uh, approved uh, instead of throwing uh, the four pitches. But that would be an improvement if, if that's the case. Uh, I don't think you're going to get any meaningful change in the length of the games until there is something done, something done regarding uh, the delays caused by the constant change of relief pitchers to get platoon advantages. I don't think that those changes improve the quality of the game. I think they hurt the quality of the game. And uh, one of the changes that I think is being discussed, hasn't been approved yet, is to require a relief pitcher who comes in in the middle of the inning to pitch to at least two batters, if not three, or complete the inning. And another thing is to uh, require a team to make a pitching change before a pinch hitter is announced rather than after, uh, and that will significantly affect the length of games. And you're going to see them try out all of these rules in spring training before the season starts. Now, we're going to take a quick break. We want to thank everyone out there for listening to The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Of course, you can find us on sportsusamedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. We're going to talk NHL trade deadline and Mayweather Pacquiao, yes, it's finally happening. And if you want a ticket, you got to have at least $250,000. I will explain 
when we come back. It's The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. We'll return to more of The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich right after this on Sports USA. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If you're making the minimum payments, but your balance is just not going down, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it will take years and years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. 800-230-7157. They've helped over 5 million people with credit card debt. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. If If you're struggling with credit card debt, Consolidated Credit Programs will teach you how to get out and stay out of debt. Call 800-230-7157. 800-230-7157. That's 800-230-7157. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated, 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Not a loan company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services or by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM19, Oregon DM80031. Services are primarily educational in nature. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-577-5195 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-577-5195. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. This is The Rich Report. The Rich Report. With Tom and Sam Rich on Sports USA. We are back with The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. And we want to talk NHL trade deadline. It's happening in less than a week. So, Tom, what teams do you think need to make a move? Need to make a move before the big playoff push? Well, there are a lot of teams that are on the on the edge uh, for wild cards. Uh, the Bruins are struggling a lot. They're trying to do some things. They've run into a really tough patch and are, are uh, fighting for a wild card spot. Now, I think uh, they have a good chance to make it. You have other teams that are fighting for higher position in home ice. Very close races with uh, teams like the Islanders and Rangers and Penguins in the Metropolitan Division, only three points uh, separating. In the Atlantic, you have Montreal and Tampa fighting and Detroit in there. Very close. So people are fighting for home ice who clearly are going to be in the playoffs. So everybody is trying to upgrade, not just because of uh, positioning for making the playoffs or having home ice, but also because they have to be positioned for the the playoffs themselves because getting to the cup, you need need everybody and then some of their friends to get through the whole campaign. So the, the trade deadline here is very, very active but heavily impeded by so many teams are capped 
by the salary cap and are right there. So you can't be, they can't be looking around for a five or six million dollar a year player, uh, unless it was going to be a trade of, uh, involving, you know, like dollars on the other side. And that isn't likely to happen. So you're going to see more marginal improvements made. Uh, but it will be very active in terms of bodies and also calling up guys from the minor leagues who are, uh, have demonstrated their ability and potential during the season down there. Yeah, teams just need that, that quick rental for the next couple of months just to get them through the playoffs and on to the Stanley Cup. Sam, what team or teams uh, do you think need uh, to make a trade? I think every team in the National League has a, a good reason uh, to make a trade which upgrades the team. And I'm focused on teams that probably aren't going to make the playoffs, uh, who have uh, shown some fight and, and some uh, spirit and uh, look like they have a future. Uh, this is a good time for some of those teams uh, to trade off uh, veterans to get uh, some young players who are ready to step in uh, almost immediately, and make a contribution. Now, uh, I, I see the hockey season pretty much from uh, the perspective of the Penguins because that's the team that I see in action most often. I expect Pittsburgh to uh, make or attempt to make at least one uh, important trade or addition. But just about every team I have seen this year on, on television uh, seems to need uh, something uh, to uh, strengthen their position. So uh, you know, my answer to your question is uh, every team in hockey essentially ought to be looking uh, to make an upgrade uh, either now or for the future before this trade deadline expires. And the best... Or both. Yeah. Or both. And the best team uh, in the NHL is the Nashville Predators, but don't count out the champions the la kings because the kings have won seven games in a row and they might make a move or two as well and they're usually the hottest team around playoff time let's talk jonathan quick in that regard has suddenly thrown a switch that where his quality of play is equaling his name (laughs) he has been phenomenal as he has been in recent years and so they're back that both sides, both conferences are having it out. There's a anything goes, and you can't pick a Stanley Cup winner uh, this early. Not not a chance. No way. Uh, in previous years, there were a few teams that that, uh, for example, the Rangers are very very dangerous. Especially they've done so well without Lundqvist being hurt, and he'll be back. They're going to be tough. Uh, there, there's, you know, four or five really good teams. And then, think, yes, Nashville has come from nowhere and been a tremendous story, and that market deserves it. It is a wide open, this is a very, very open cup situation, uh, more so than I've seen in recent years. And, you know, I watch games seven days a week, and uh, the competition is something else. Hockey is in fuego. Yes, and uh, also boxing is in fuego. 
I'm talking really? about Yeah, I'm talking about Mayweather Pacquiao. Yes, as everyone out there probably knows by now, it is actually happening. May 2nd MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. And uh Mayweather is repped by Showtime. Showtime is the one that uh, carries his fights, and Manny Pacquiao is HBO. So you're going to see a joint venture when it comes to pay-per-view, and it's going to be a record uh, pay-per-view as far as dollars. It's going to be probably they're looking at an $89.95, around $90 to pay-per-view the fight. To get tickets to the fight, MGM, of course, all of their hotel rooms sold out in minutes and i'm talking five hundred dollar a night rooms that are normally about maybe seventy to a hundred dollars a night five hundred a night sold out in minutes and tickets to the fight you're going to need at least two hundred and fifty thousand dollars you're going to need a credit line of that much just to even get consideration they're only going to release tickets to the fans Maybe a couple of hundred from what I've, what I've been hearing. At first, I heard about a thousand tickets released to the general public. Now I'm hearing maybe a couple of hundred because, of course, celebrities and just a ton of rich people are going to buy these tickets. Now, even if I had the money, I'd pay for the $90 pay-per-view. I don't even know if I'd sit ringside. I mean, who knows? But, I mean, astronomical prices and, and Mayweather and Pacquiao, it's a 60-40 split. Mayweather getting 60% of that. So, Tom, are you going to watch the fight? Well, I, I haven't decided. I'll, I'll decide that when I come to it. I'm grateful that they're ha- actually going to fight each other before they're 50 years old. You know, this, this fight has been in the offing for a long time, and this is not even like a sporting event to me at all. You know, this is like a concert of the... You know, some of the all-time greats and, and the, the fight, quite frankly, might be secondary to the event that they're making it out to be. And it is a gold mine, and there's no question about that. It should be a, a well-contested fight, even though these guys are, you know, a little long in the tooth. They're still great fighters. But I really don't view this as a sporting event. I view it as an event. If Ali was there, or, you know, <laughs> I used to go to some serious matches in my life. But, you know, this has been so much hoo-ha. And, yes, they are great fighters. And I probably will watch the fight, yeah, because I want to see how they perform at this stage of their careers, and they're both uh, legends. And I think but it's... I just I just don't take this is no World Series or this is no matches that I used to go to in the day. I still think it's going to be an incredible fight. I mean, it's a fight that should have technically happened when both fighters were at their exactly. prime about five years ago. But I still will watch the fight. Mayweather trying to keep his undefeated record forty seven and zero. Pacquiao fifty seven five and two. So Sam. I mean, the the fight obviously should have happened about five years ago. So, you know, why now all of a sudden? What what made the fight happen now rather money, than five years money. ago? Money. I think they both woke up to the reality that this was too much of a gold mine uh, to walk away from before their careers were over. Five years ago, it would have been an epic uh, fight uh, and probably according to the finances of the time, as lucrative as it is now. I've always been amused that boxing is a sport 
in that the championship of the champion owns the title. And, uh, you know, just imagine if we were, uh, if the San Francisco Giants uh, decided, well, I, I don't want to defend my title this year against the Yankees. Uh, I'll, I'll defend it this year against Oakland or, or some other team. And then next year I'll, I'll defend it against, uh, I mean, you go hanging on to the title for years at a time without really defending it against the, the best competition. What, what kind of sport is that? Uh, and what kind of sport has it been? Uh, I, I don't think I'll, I'll watch the fight, but I will, I will follow it with some interest. Now, I have a question for you, uh, Sam. How often did fighters fight back in the day, like the Muhammad Ali's, the Mike Tyson's and all that? I, I grew up watching Mike Tyson. I felt he fought more often. I feel like Mayweather and Pacquiao fight twice a year. They fight like in May and then they, fu- they fight in October. Wasn't it more f- frequent with fighters back in the day? I mean, they, it seemed like they fought every couple of months. Well, when you, when you talk about back in the day, you know, my recollection is that around the time of Ali uh, and, and the other champions, uh, that was when they, they really started to have long delays between meaningful uh, title defenses. I remember uh, right after World War II, I think Joe Lewis uh, de- uh, defended his title uh, three or four times uh, the first year he was out of, uh, out of service, uh, and that included a defense against Billy Kahn. Uh, which uh, people really wanted to see at the time. And Ray Robinson and uh, some of the others uh, defended their titles on a fairly regular basis. But uh, after a while, the champions really started to take advantage of the fact that that they could either agree or or not agree uh, to defend their titles uh, against particular opponents as they saw fit. There were times when commissions stepped in and ordered mandatory uh, defenses, but that was generally uh, ineffective. Uh, occasionally it was effective, but uh, generally ineffective. Uh, no, I, th- I think it's, it, it's hurt the sport. It's particularly hurt the sport in the United States uh, not to have a, a more structured uh, uh, system for uh, determining uh, opponents. And if right Mata was fighting uh, Sugar Ray, I'd be in Vegas already. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and also, real quick, there's no, in the contract for this fight, there's no rematch clause. Do you think uh, they're going to end up uh, having That's a second? nothing new either. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you think they'll, they'll end up fighting, uh, they'll have another fight after this one? Yes, there will be. And, and, and it'll certainly be a financial success. And if there's any plausibility to a rematch, there will be a rematch. Uh, it'll be to the financial uh, and competitive interests of both uh, the fight. You know, Pacquiao, uh, uh, Pacquiao has lost a couple of fights in recent years. So if he would lose this one decisively, a lot of the gloss would be taken off uh, his, sta- his current stature as a fighter. He's a Hall of Famer. Most uh, definitely. Regardless of what happens. But a lot of gloss would be taken off his stature if he loses decisively. If Mayweather would lose decisively, uh, I still think that there would be uh, pressure for a rematch and reasons for a rematch because Mayweather seems to have uh, 
uh, the ability to bounce back from long layoffs and and things like that. And uh, even if he would have a bad fight in May, uh, that doesn't mean that the next time around he wouldn't have a great fight. But I guess there's not going to be a rematch, just as a hunch. Uh, even though the financial opportunity will be always waved out there, but there's too much that can happen. And again, uh, it, it isn't like the boxing. Well, that boxing has fallen a long, long way in recent years. I I loved it. I used to go to the when we had a heavyweight division. Wow, those were exciting. But this is much more of a celebrity money, you know, tree. And yes, they're both great Hall of Fame fighters. I hope it's a great fight. I mean, I think there's going to be a rematch because they're going to end up making more money down the road. I mean, this time around, like I said, 60-40 split. Mayweather's going to probably pocket at least $120 million, Pacquiao $80 million. If they rematch, if this fight is a good fight, which I think it will be, and they rematch, I mean, the numbers could be astronomical, like even more. They could make mm. potentially more than just, they are for this fight. I just, I just, have, a, I just have a hunch that it isn't going to be... From an intellectual standpoint, from an economic, uh, cerebral standpoint, what you said is true. I just don't see that script playing out for because of some outlier issues. The uh, rematch provisions in, in these contracts are usually one device that enabled the defending champion to be assured of at least two paydays, regardless of what happened. So, Tom, real quick, who you got, Mayweather, Pacquiao? Oh, I like Mayweather, you know, in terms of uh, just based on, you know, history. And uh, But, like I say, there's anything can happen in this fight, anything at all. Knockout or decision? Oh, I, I would rather guess if, uh, that it would be a decision. But from a standpoint of drama and all that, I'd rather see somebody take somebody out. What about you, Sam? Mayweather or Pacquiao? Five years ago, or even three years ago, I would have said Pacquiao. But uh, I, I agree with Tom right now. I think uh, I think May, Mayweather will hang on to it in a decision. And I, I got to agree with both of you guys. And I, I think, yeah, exactly. Three, five years ago, I would have said possibly Manny Pacquiao, but Mayweather. Mayweather's a much faster, much quicker fighter, and uh, I think uh, he's going to end up beating Pacquiao uh, in a decision. So there you have it, and uh, we are going to end on that note. This has been The Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich, and you can find us on SportsUSAMedia.com, on iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, and iHeartRadio. And follow Tom on Twitter at Late Inning and follow at Inside Sports USA for the latest on the Rich Report and all of our other podcasts. So until next time, this has been the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. Thanks for listening to the Rich Report with Tom and Sam Rich. You can check out more of Sports USA's podcasts anytime at sportsusamedia.com, iTunes, the TuneIn app for your smartphone, iHeartRadio.com, and the iHeartRadio app for your smartphone. There you'll find Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer, Conversations with Joe Morgan, Ted Sobel's Excellent Sports Adventure, and the Fred Dreyer Show. This has been a production of Sports USA.